Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Our opening music today is the Song of Hinamoa, very popular in New Zealand. It was composed originally in the Polynesian Maori language of New Zealand, and it's the unofficial folk anthem of New Zealand. WaveScan was researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 588 for release on Sunday, May 31st, 2020. On WaveScan today, the radio scene and the overloaded telephone exchange. Our Australian shortwave call sign VLS and our VX report as well. Well, the oldest medium wave radio broadcasting station in Australia is the almost 100 year old ABC regional station 2BL Sydney with its 50 kilowatt transmitter on 702 kilohertz at the outer suburban location Liverpool. In anticipation of the inauguration of the new radio broadcasting station in Sydney, test broadcasts began in October, back in the year 1923, from a 10-watt amateur station 2HP at suburban Neutral Bay. With more on the story now, here's Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Thanks, Jeff. This low-powered amateur transmitter was then installed on the top of the Smith's Weekly and Guardian newspaper building in Phillips Street, Sydney, where additional test broadcasts began on October 19, 1923. These test broadcasts were heard by avid listeners all over Eastern Australia, right up in North Queensland and right down on the island of Tasmania. During the first three days of these test broadcasts, all seven of the newspaper's telephone lines were jammed continually with calls from appreciative listeners. Down in Melbourne is the popular commercial station 3AW, which traces its earliest origins back to the year 1932. On February the 22nd, that station was inaugurated with 300 watts on 1425 kHz, a split frequency during the era when it was more important to measure a station's position on the radio dial in metres rather than in kilocycles. The letters AW in the call sign were derived from three or four different sources that were associated with the ownership of the station. Allen's Music Store, Williamson Theatre, Argus Newspaper and even perhaps AWA radio manufacturer. 
During the 1930s, radio station 3AW utilised the low-power shortwave transmitter in the range of 5 metres for outside broadcasts. These days, radio station 3AW operates with 5 kilowatts on 693 kHz. Two years after station 3AW was inaugurated, they conducted a radio competition, this is in 1934, which required a telephone response. For several days, their telephone lines were bogged down with 3,000 phone calls that were queued up at the PMG Manual Exchange at the GPO in Melbourne City. The English word orange is applied to a sweet, juicy fruit that's grown widely around the world. The same word also identifies a colour, same colour as the skin of the orange fruit. In addition, the word orange is also the name of a regional city in the Australian state of New South Wales. This regional city was named in honour of Prince William of Orange, who subsequently became King William II of the Netherlands. Back on October 31, 1935, a new commercial radio broadcasting station in Orange was officially inaugurated by the Postmaster General, the Honourable Alexander McLaughlin. The Orange station was 2GZ, which had been projected initially under the call sign 2GX. At the time, Alexander McLaughlin was in the town of Sale in Victoria, where he was participating in the opening ceremonies of another new radio station, a new government ABC station, 3GI. He participated in the opening of commercial 2GZ by landline, a distance of some 500 miles. During the following year, 1936, Station 2GZ, with its 2 kilowatts on 990 kHz, announced that listeners could phone in for a free copy of their 2GZ magazine, which presented the story of how a radio station operates. So many listeners phoned in that their telephone system was jammed for several weeks. Station 2GZ no longer broadcasts on medium wave. In 1996, they transferred to FM Band 2, and their medium wave frequency was taken over by station 2EL, which operates as a relay station for 2SM in Sydney. Radio station 2MO in Gunnida began as an amateur radio broadcasting station way back in the year 1923. During the 1930s, this station developed a very popular program under the title Songs of the Prairie. In fact, this program was so popular that it was distributed throughout Australia via the telephone system, so that other radio stations could also broadcast it to their audiences. In fact, it was noted that the telephone girls at the manual telephone exchanges throughout Australia would also listen to this radio program while on duty at their switchboards. In 1964, the Sydney station 2UW announced over the air that they were dropping the broadcast of soap opera serials. As a result, the station was flooded with some 50,000 telephone calls from listeners who objected and wanted the serials to be reinstated. In 1952, station 2LM in Lismore made an appeal over the air for the benefit of two children who lost their parents in a car accident. So many listeners responded that the telephone system in this country city was overloaded and literally it blew up. All of these interesting radio and telephone stories are based upon information in the excellent book on Australian radio history by Dr Bruce Carty, together with additional research information. Dr Carty has made his extensive research available for free on the internet. 
just search for Carti Radio History Australia. Our next interesting story along these lines will tell of another overloaded telephone system that also blew up. It was the invasion of the Asian sea monster. <laughs> Back to you, Jeff. And now we return to the music, Song of Hinamoa, as presented by a musical ensemble, a harp ensemble, in New Zealand. of Hinamoa there from New Zealand. Well, the legend of Hinamoa is passed on from generation to generation, long before any migrants from Europe settled on the islands of New Zealand, the land of the long white cloud. Princess Hinamoa was the pretty daughter of a Maori great chieftain, and she had fallen in love with handsome Prince Tutanekai, the son of a local Maori chief. With the rest of the legend, here again is Ray Robinson. Princess Hinemoa lived near the waterfront of Lake Rotorua, a large inland lake, and Prince Tutanekai lived on Mokaya Island in the centre of the lake. The hidden romance, forbidden by local custom, became well known, and the canoes at the waterfront were protected so that Hinemoa could not paddle out to the island. However, one night Princess Hinemoa clad herself with dry, empty calabash gourds, and she swam out to the island, guided in the darkness by the music that Tutanekai was playing on his own homemade flute. She arrived at the island, met her handsome prince, and like all good European legends, this Maori couple in New Zealand lived happily ever after. Named after the princess, there was a small New Zealand coastal vessel, the Hinimoa, which was just 542 tonnes and only 207 feet long, built in the Scott shipyards in Greenock, Scotland in 1875. At the beginning of World War I in 1914, the Hinimoa was listed with wireless apparatus operating under the New Zealand call sign, as it was at the time, VLS. Due to new international radio regulations, all radio call signs in New Zealand, beginning with VL, 
were changed to ZL on January 1st, 1929, and thus the little ship NZGSS Hinimoa dropped the callsign VLS and received a new callsign. The Australian usage of the shortwave callsign VLS was taken up by the AWA shortwave station in Pennant Hills near Sydney, and it was in use during the 1920s and 30s for the trawler communication service in both voice and Morse code for the ships that plied along the eastern coastal waters. In addition, the long-distance communication service from Pennant Hills was registered under the callsign VIS, though sometimes this was erroneously identified as VLS due to the similarity in callsigns. During the year 1933, Donald Mackay, leader of the Mackay Aerial Survey Expedition in Central Australia, took mobile wireless equipment for use on the ground and in the air. It's believed that the call sign he used while at Docker Creek on the border between Northern and Western Australia was VLS. Interestingly, a total of five different shortwave locations in use by the ABC Home Service in Australia and the International Service of Radio Australia have all operated under the callsign VLS. So let's look at each of these in chronological order. Soon after the end of World War II, the ABC in Australia began assessing their radio coverage throughout the continent, and they observed that medium wave coverage in the heavily populated coastal areas north and south of Sydney was insufficient. It was determined that it would be more economical to provide a radio service to these areas on shortwave from one single location, rather than to install a network of several medium-powered medium-wave stations. The chosen location for this new shortwave station was on the southwest fringe of Sydney, just beyond suburban Liverpool. This was already the location for all of the medium wave transmitters that carry the two program services, ABC National and ABC Local, for coverage of Australia's largest city. Interestingly, during the planning for the new 2 kilowatt shortwave transmitter, the evidence suggests that the suggested call sign would have been VLS, with the S obviously standing for Sydney. However, when the transmitter was installed and taken into regular service in December 1948, an even more logical call sign was granted, VLI, with the LI indicating Liverpool. Twenty years later, in the 1960s and 70s, another well-established ABC and Radio Australia shortwave station was already on the air at Lyndhurst in Victoria, with programming beamed to the Great Outback, the Pacific and Southeast Asia. During each summer season, one of the 10 kilowatt transmitters at Lyndhurst was placed into service for the broadcast of live commentaries on the ever-popular sport, cricket. The Lyndhurst transmitter that beamed the cricket commentaries to New Zealand and the Pacific was given the unannounced call sign VLS. And then during the next decade, in December 1980, a 10 kW transmitter at the larger shortwave station at Shepparton, also in Victoria, took over the VLS cricket broadcast for New Zealand and the Pacific. A new and temporary shortwave facility was installed for Radio Australia at Brandon, near Townsville, Queensland, in 1989. The original intent was ultimately for a much larger station, and initially only three transmitters at 10 kilowatt each were installed. However, only two antenna systems were erected, and thus only two transmitters could be activated at any one time. 
the third transmitter, which was originally intended to carry its own separate programming, thus operated instead as a fill-in for the other two. That third transmitter was originally allocated the call sign VLS. During the 1990s, one of the 250 kilowatt transmitters at the Darwin Relay Station of Radio Australia was allocated the line callsign S, as in VLS, as a program service to Asia and beyond. Back at that time, Radio Australia was issuing QSLs in the form of a form letter, and the verification text gave the callsign as VLS. And for the final application of the Australian shortwave callsign VLS, we mentioned the shortwave air radio station that carries aviation communications with passenger aircraft in the vicinity of the Kingsford Smith Airport at Mascot, Sydney. Several shortwave transmitters have been in use at this location during the past half century and more, and they're rated at 3, 5 and 10 kilowatts. QSL cards from Sydney Air Radio and also Sydney Volmet identify the station under the call sign VLS. Well, thank you, Ray. That was Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Let me say hello to Vince Stevens in Durbanville, Western Cape, South Africa, who writes to us, Greetings from Cape Town, South Africa. I would like to share my experience of hearing WaveScan on IRRS yesterday evening. I heard your station on May 12th and really enjoyed WaveScan. It's probably the first DX program I've heard in 20 years or more. I always used to listen to one on Radio Netherlands, but that's been gone for ages. I decided to try and listen again this week and send off a reception report this time around. And he sent us a report for hearing uh, WaveScan on IRRS 7290 kHz. He uses a Perseus software-defined radio and a Lenovo X270 laptop plus a Drake R8A receiver connected to a Delta loop antenna. He says the Drake far outperformed the SDR with much sharper audio. He says, I've included some photos of my antennas in our home in Klippovel. We're about 40 kilometers northeast of Cape Town and live in a semi-rural area on a plot measuring 100 by 42 meters. I'm 54 years old and have been enjoying the radio hobby thing since 1982. I fiddle with old radios and also enjoy going on de-expeditions to pick up exotic radio stations. My other interests are music, football, cricket, squash, Land Rovers, and restoring an old BMW motorcycle. My main radio listening or DXing is actually on the broadcast band, Medium Wave. I've been a bit more active on shortwave lately, as Medium Wave suffers quite a lot of interference. We were in lockdown for six weeks, but I've been back at work for over two weeks now, Hopefully the world will soon return to a more normal state, if that's possible. Well, thank you very much, uh, Vince Stevens in Western Cape, South Africa. And we have another report from Dmitry Elagin. He is in Saratov in Russia. He says, thank you very much for DX News. Uh, here's my reception report for AWR Wave Scan at 1600 UTC on 9490 kHz from Yerevan in Armenia. Very good reception, Sinpo 54434, using, again, a software-defined radio, SDR Play RSP1. Just a few of the many reception reports we get here at WaveScan. Thank you to all of you who send us these reports. And now we're off to India. Here's Prithwaj Purkayasta with his DX report. 
नमस्कार एंड वेलकम टू दिस न्यू एडिशन ऑफ इंडियन डीएक्स रिपोर्ट ऑन वेब स्कैन आई एम पृथ्वीराज योर होस्ट एंड फर्स्ट आई ऑफर माय डीप कॉन्डोलेंसेस टू ऑल द डिजीज्ड एंड देयर नियर एंड डियर वंस हु लॉस्ट देयर लाइफ इन ऑनगोइंग कोविड-19 पेंडेमिक आई आल्सो ऑफर माय प्रेयर्स टू द कैजुअलिटीज ऑकर्ड ड्यूरिंग रीसेंट सुपर साइक्लोन अम्पून व्हिच पास्ड थ्रू इंडियन स्टेट्स ओरिसा एंड वेस्ट बंगाल and our neighboring country bangladesh i hope that this darkest shadow on human society will eliminate soon and life will be back to normal track again the effect of this pandemic and natural calamity did clearly seen on all india radio at the beginning of nationwide lockdown in india many of the regional stations suspended their normal broadcasting due to shortage of staff etc but gradually it has been resolved and radio once again proved to be the best source of information knowledge and education as senior bcdxer josh jacob from hyderabad observed that after being remaining off air due to present pandemic several services of air external services to the neighboring countries resumed recently as per the following schedule 01 to 02 utc sindhi language transmission on 7380 kilohertz 7 to 8 hour utc nepali on 9950 kilohertz and 11620 kilohertz 830 to 1130 utc air urdu language external service on 9950 kilohertz 11:45 to 13:15 UTC Chinese on 17510 kilohertz 12:15 to 13:30 UTC Tibetan on 9445 kilohertz 13:15 to 14:15 UTC Dari language transmission on 11560 kilohertz 14:15 to 15:30 UTC Pashto on 11560 kilohertz and last but not the least 15 to 16 hour utc baluchi on 9620 kilohertz tamil and bangla language external services of air all are also resumed as per their normal schedule for updated transmission schedule of all india radio please visit qsl.net/slash VU to JOS. That is the personal archive of DXR Joe Jacobs. But again, when super cyclone Amphoon hit the coastal areas of West Bengal and Orissa, few AIR station gone off air for couple of days because of power cuts. But there were no reports of any damage to transmitters. All India Radio Kolkata on medium wave. 657 kilohertz and 1008 kilohertz and air chisura also in west bengal transmitting india bangladesh friendship channel maitri programs on 594 kilohertz were most affected later these stations restarted their transmission with a day or two interestingly air chisura was halt test transmitting with low power on 594 kilohertz on 22nd and 23rd may and only air kolkata program were played instead of maitri contents
Meanwhile, the AIR stations in Orissa like Katak on 972 kHz, Sambalpur on 945 kHz, Patna on 1206 kHz and Jaipur on 1467 kHz were running as usual and not affected by super cyclone Ampun. India to expand community radio network. Addressing listeners of Indian community radio stations, the Union Information and Broadcasting Minister Mr. Prakash Javrekar termed community radio as agent of change and stated that the central government will come up with a plan to increase the number of community radio stations in the country. Presently, India has about 300 community radio stations and it has allowed 7 minutes per hour airing time for commercial advertisement which is also likely to be extended to 12 minutes per hour informed the minister. Hamfest India 2020 cancelled. As the COVID-19 pandemic is still on and not getting under control, the organizers of Hamfest India 2020 has cancelled the event which was scheduled to be held at Vagamon in Kerala on 1st and 2nd November 2020. Online registrations of delegates through their official website has also been stopped. Bye-bye and 73s from Assam. We return to the song of Hinamoa, and this time we present this delightful melody as sung by the well-known New Zealand operatic soprano, Haley Westenrum. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, we'll have a reactivated shortwave station in India the installation of a new shortwave transmitter, more from the HFCC in Malaysia, and our Japan DX report. Reminder, several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. And the postal address for AWRQSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. That's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, 
Bangkok 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone. <laughs>